This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Lord, you don't need an hour to speak to us. In the time remaining, Jehovah, speak to us. Open our eyes of understanding to see the realities of the kingdom and what you have freely given unto us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We know very well that the heavens and the earth and everything in it was created by God, yes? yes. Everything. Whatever you can see, God created. Every invention of man is a derivative of what God created. There's nothing original in the inventions of man. Because if there was nothing, if there was no matter, then man cannot create anything. In fact, man will not be in existence. So everything you see was created by God. And God was very, very meticulous in his creation. He created everything in order, and he ensured the continuity of everything he had created. For example, the Bible says all the plants that he spoke to being, he said within each one was the seed for the plants to reproduce after itself. And for us humans, he put in us even the seed for us to reproduce after our kind. What am I getting at here? The work God did was a complete and a perfect work. Amen? Amen. Last Sunday, I gave a short exhortation. I told you that you are valuable. I am valuable since you can't receive it. <laughs> I am very valuable, you know? And there is no one more valuable than another in the sight of God, because there's an intrinsic value that God has placed in each and every one of us. We are all starting from the same level. Some people somehow rise above ground zero, and some people choose to remain on ground zero. Amen? So there is value in you. There is value in me. What I'm getting at today is Everything God created, when you look at it, everything is interconnected. Everything is interdependent. Let me give you an example. You don't need to know a ton of biology to know this. You know, every plant requires oxygen. I mean, requires carbon dioxide. Plants breathe in carbon dioxide for their processes. And then they release oxygen into the atmosphere. Guess who is producing carbon dioxide? Us. As we are breathing right now, we are releasing carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. So as we breathe out carbon dioxide, the plants, they take in the carbon dioxide. That is why it's good to have green environments. If you don't have plants inside your home, put some plants in your home. It will give you clean, fresh atmosphere within your home. There is interdependency in the creation of God. Nothing stands alone. 
if there was no gravitational force, we cannot stand. Amen? The reason we are able to stand is, be, I mean, with your feet on the ground, is because of gravity. That is why when you go to the moon, you float. Because there is no gravity there. Amen? Everything God has created, he has woven them together and they are interdependent on themselves. And that includes you and myself. Have you ever had people say, oh, he's a self-made man. There is no self-made nothing. (laughs) Praise the Lord. If you see a a self-made man, you know the first thing you're going to notice about him? He'll be walking around naked. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the clothes you're wearing, did you make it? Oh, there's no self-made anything. We all depend on others for us to get by with the things that we need in life. What I'm saying to you this morning is I need you and you need me. We need each other. Amen. And that is by design. God created it like that so that no man will live as an island to themselves. And you know, from the beginning of life to the end of life, we need help. Can a child give birth to itself by itself? Well, the doctors may disagree a little bit because the process of childbirth Part of it is initiated by the baby. But the baby cannot push itself out. It needs help to come out. It needs the contraction taking place. The labor pains. And the mother, they tell her, push, 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 push. She pushes and then the baby comes out. The baby plays a role, but the baby cannot bring itself out by itself. When you look at end of life, When we die, can you bury yourself? I can't bury myself. It takes others to put you in the ground. Praise the Lord. So in life, the first thing you realize is that life is a story of interdependency. I need you. You need me. We need one another. Brethren, everybody needs help. If you believe you can, you say it's preach it to your neighbor. They don't believe you. Tell the other neighbor. Everybody needs help. That is exactly how God created the world. There is something God has placed in you to help somebody else. There is something God has put in your care to help somebody else. It's not all about you. All the money, all the influence, all the position, all of that that you have is not just about you. God, anything God is going to do here on earth, guess what? He's going to use people. So, like the building, this building we're talking about, to build it, God is not going to throw down money from heaven. What God is going to do is God will begin to allow some resources to come people's way. So at that point, you have a decision to make. Do I use it for the purpose or do I consume it upon myself? 
Everybody needs help. In uh, Psalm 46 and verse 1, the Bible says that God is our refuge and strength. Always, somebody say always. Ready to help in times of trouble. God is a ready help in times of in time of trouble. And you know, I was sharing with the ministers this morning a thought that was going through my mind. I was just meditating on the glory of God. A reflection of the glory of God in your life and in my life is God's help. Amen. If the glory of God is evident in your life, one of the things that is evident in your, in your life is you have a lot of help. People just help you. Tell you a quick story. I had an interview last week. Was it? Last week. Had an interview last week. The guy said to me, he said, your resume is terrible. I mean, after the interview, I said, give me feedback. He said, your resume is so terrible that I wanted to talk to you to see what you are about. And then he began to, don't feel bad. <laughs> it ended in praise. <laughs> you know, by the time we were done, he said to me, he said, I'm very pleased. And I'm glad that I said, let me speak to this guy. Amen. He said to me, he said, I don't even know why I requested for you to be interviewed because your resume is terrible. <laughs> just let that sink in for a little bit. He said, your resume is just so bad. You know, he said, I just wanted to, to talk to you. And then he said, I like you. You know this stuff. You are good at this stuff. But please go fix your resume. <laughs> I'm telling you, what is that? That is God helping. That is God sending. Something that should not have been considered in the first place was brought to the top of the pile and was given a commendation. Put your hands together for the Lord. Listen to me. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs help. If God is going to help you, God is going to use people to help you. All right? God is going to what? Use people to help you. You know where we run into problems? We determine those people by ourselves. Oh, Dr. Obi, she just got DMP, psych nurse, and she must be making a lot of money now. Let me go talk to Dr. Obi. Oh, X, Y, Z is, I know, I know. Ah, Pastor Cole always looking GQ with his, I mean, sharp. He can help me. Let me go talk to Pastor Cole. We determine those people by ourselves and we get disappointed and frustrated when they refuse to help. You know why? You chose your help for yourself by yourself. It's like the baby saying, I don't want my mother to push. I want Busaya to be the one pushing for me to come out. That baby will remain in the womb forever. Amen? God, by design, has set things in place to help you. 
I said, the Lord will help you. Listen, Jesus, how many believe that Jesus is God? The Son of God is God. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, needed help. He said, ah, pastor, blasphemy. When you get home, read this because of time. John chapter 1, 19 to 27. John the Baptist gave Jesus a soft landing. In John chapter 1, you, you read from 19 down to 27. The Bible says the, the leaders, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the, the temple leaders, they sent messengers to John the Baptist. Why? Because they acknowledge the role and the leadership of John the Baptist in the community at the time. So they sent for John the Baptist, sent messengers to John the Baptist. Tell us, are you the Messiah? You know, some people that don't know their place, that's an opportunity to shine. Amen? You are assisting somebody. They are asking for the somebody that you are assisting, and you are pretending to be that person. My God, imposter. Or they just smile. They come to the doctor's office, they call you doctor. <laughs> you are not the doctor. They come to the church, we want to see the pastor. They say, you smile. <laughs> they came to John the Baptist, they say, are you the Messiah? You know why? Because they saw the traits of the Messiah in him. The works is done. The stuff is done. They say, you look like you are the Messiah. Are you the Messiah? He said, I'm not the Messiah. He said, in fact, I have told you that the Messiah, when he comes, I cannot even lace his shoes. I cannot. I'm not the Messiah. And then the very next day, verse 29, the very next day, Jesus shows up at the baptism. He said, behold, there he is. There he is. He pointed to him. He said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You need help. I need help. You need people to introduce you in your field of specialty. You need people to announce you. What did John the Baptist did? What did he do? He announced Jesus. By the time you get to chapter 3, in chapter 3, verse 26, chapter 3, verse 26, the Bible says, So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of River Jordan, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing, and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. Competition. So everybody is going to him. They are no longer coming to us. You know why? After John the Baptist, the one that was recognized, pointed and said, this is the man. Even his own disciples, they checked out. If this is the Messiah, why are we following you? They decided to follow John. The, uh, follow Jesus. Why? John the Baptist gave him an, a stamp of authenticity and approval. I said, he's legit. He's the legit Messiah. What was he doing? Giving him soft landing. 
May God raise men and women for you that will introduce you to the world, that will give you soft landing in your field of work in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout a better amen. Amen. Soft landing. Soft landing. That was the glory of God walking in the life of Jesus. He did not have to ask John the Baptist, "Ah, John, please, you know we are cousins. Go announce me, let them know that I'm the one. No, he didn't have to do that. John the Baptist took it upon himself. Amen? Amen. May God raise men for you. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said you need help. May God send helpers of destiny to you. In the name of Jesus. Watch. Verse 28, John chapter 3, John the Baptist responded to them. He said, you yourselves, you know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. He did his part. His part was to acknowledge Jesus openly that he is the Messiah. He went ahead. He prepared the way. That was his job, to prepare the way. He prepared the way. He made the ground soft so that when Jesus showed up, at least some bunch already believed. Hallelujah. God will use men to help you. But he determines who he uses to help you. Amen? Amen. He is the one that will choose who and how. Let me give you an example real quick. When when David (laughs) started running away from Saul, became a fugitive, the Bible says, all the broke people, all those that were broke and busted, people that were owing taxes, you know, the vagabonds, they all gathered and said, you will be our leader. That was God sending him help. It didn't look like help, but that was God. God was saying to him, the help you need in the here and now are these vagabonds. Go take care of them. Thank God he was faithful. Do you know two of those men, two of those men, one day David said, oh, how I wish I can drink the water of Bethlehem. Second Samuel chapter 23. And two of those men heard it. He didn't say, I want, he said, how I wish. He was just thinking aloud. Those guys went and fought an army of people, two people. They fought an army, got the water, brought it to David. But when they first came, they didn't look like help. Eventually, when David will become king, those were the men that made him king. In fact, for some of you, the help is already around you, but you are ignoring it. For some of us, the help is already there, but you are ignoring the help. He said, this one, this one cannot help you. This one, what, do, what can this one do for me? You know, you are looking down on the help that God already positioned next to you. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. They look broke and busted. But there's a place God is taking them. And for you to get to where you are going, you have to first of all help them get to where they need to be so they can help you get to where you need to be. Hallelujah. Your help, my help, comes from the Lord. It comes from the Lord. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, you know it very well. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. It's a question. I'm going to look up to the hills, but where is my help going to come from? And verse 2 is a response to that question. Verse 2 says, my help comes from the Lord. You see that? Who made heaven and earth. God will help you. I say God will help you. But he will use men to help you. It might be a child. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It's important to wait upon the Lord for the help. Many of us are two steps, three steps, five steps ahead of God. You are going ahead and leaving God behind. Psalm 27 verse 14, the psalmist said, Wait patiently for the Lord. Look at your neighbor, preach that to them. You are getting anxious. You are getting weary. It's not happening, but you want it to happen. I, 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 I can't wait anymore. I, look, people that go ahead of God, they usually crash land. Remember Saul? Saul couldn't wait for the priest, Samuel, to come and make the sacrifice. He said, everybody is there. They are leaving me. Everybody, everybody. Is your name Everybody. My name is not everybody. It doesn't matter what everybody is doing. Amen? The same thing. The, the disciples of John, they said, everybody is leaving us. They are, they are not coming to us anymore. They are going over there. He says, do you understand your purpose? Do you understand why you are here? Are you here for everybody or are you here for you and the purpose of God for your life? He went ahead and made the sacrifice. The moment he made the sacrifice, the priest showed up. He said, ah, the kingdom has been taken away from you. Don't go ahead of God. Don't go ahead of God. I want to tell you four things very quickly about the kind of help that God gives to us. You can call it the attributes of the help of God. And what I did, so you can remember, I made the acronym from HELP. Number one, it is hopeful. H, hopeful. God's help instills in us hope. The help that God gives to us gives us hope for a better tomorrow. If I can just wait on him, and spend time in his word, I will receive hope and inspiration from his word. And guess what? 
the help will land. The Bible says, very interesting. I love that scripture very much. Verse of scripture. Job chapter 14 and verse 7. He said, there is hope for a tree. Every time I read that scripture, it reminds me of my value. If a tree has hope, <laughs> it's not pride. But this is where I get to brag. I'm better than a tree. Oh, I'm more valuable to God than a tree. A tree cannot preach the gospel. A tree cannot evangelize. Amen? He said there is hope for a tree. If there is hope for a tree, there is hope for you. You didn't catch that. If there is hope for a tree, there is hope for me. In the name of Jesus. There is hope for you. And there is hope for me. Number two, very quickly, because of time. The E there is God's help is ever-present. The fellow that helped you 10 years ago is more than likely not in your life again today. If you want to hang your heart on that, you will be disappointed. I was telling a group of people the other day, one of my cousins, I mean, this guy, in fact, you throw his name in most places, most communities in Lagos, Nigeria. They know him very well. In fact, there was a day, I think it was my sister that mentioned that, oh, he's my cousin. He said, he can never be your cousin. If he's your cousin, your life cannot be like this. <laughs> Boxed up. I mean, talk about rich, wealthy. That was my cousin. If I back then, he gave me, for those of us that we understand, at this, I'm talking 1998. 1998, he gave me 50,000 naira. I didn't ask. He said, so, Koye, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm working on this project. This, this. I said, oh, okay. 50, it was the most money I've ever seen in my life up until that time. Just like that. He's still my cousin, but he's not in my life today. The help of God is ever-present. God is not going anywhere. That is why you should take to heart Psalm 46 verse 1. Psalm 46 verse 1. It says, is a present help in time of trouble. If it is present, God is present. You didn't catch that. If the problem is present, God is present. Is the ever-present help in time of trouble. That is the God I am talking about. The next one is L. The help of God is rooted in his unconditional help for you, uh, love for you. The L there is love. There's love in the help that God provides. You know, if a man wants to help you, they will give you preconditions. He said, you, you think it's people like you I want to help? You have to go, you, you have to first of all go clean up. You have to talk a certain way. Look, at, in fact, you have to show serious reverence. Welcome, sir. Yes, sir. God bless you, sir. You, you have to show all kinds of decorum, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff you have to do to qualify. 
But Romans 5 verse 8. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he sent us help. <laughs> Whilst we were yet sinners. We were still frolicking in sin. But Jesus came to die. God's love, uh, God's help is rooted in his love. It is not rooted in your do's and don'ts. That just destroys some people's theology. Psalm 145, verse 18 and 19. The Lord is close to all. Somebody say all. all. I can't hear you. All. It says the Lord is close to all. Not Christians. Did you see that? The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, all to all who call on him in truth. If God only responds to Christians, when you gave your life to Christ, you, he wouldn't have heard you because you were a sinner before you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if his ears are only attentive to righteous people, then there is no salvation for you. Romans 10. Romans says, he said, 13. He said, all that call upon his name shall be saved. They shall be saved. Amen? Amen. Psalm 145, verse 19. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry for help and does what? And rescues them. God will send help to you. Amen. God will send help to me. Amen. God will arise for our help. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The help of God is powerful. When God wants to help you, he backs it up with his power. God's help is accompanied, accompanied by his mighty power. And that enables us to overcome. That is why Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. Did he say most things? I can do all things through Christ. You know, so sometimes we have people quote scripture and I say, if you don't say the rest of it, you are wrong. I can do all things. That, no, you cannot. <laughs> The only reason I can do all things is because Christ strengthens me. The power of God backs me up. That is why there's no mountain too high, no valley too deep, no river too wide that I cannot overcome. If it leaves it there, it's because there's a training, there's an experience he wants me to learn. That's why he's keeping it there. But when it comes to the abilities of God, there's nothing he cannot do. Well, he wouldn't lie. Or like some believers. Let's leave it there. Please rise to your feet. Rise to we hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.